1: kdow streaming now on iheart.com and radio.com the views and opinions expressed by rob black and his guests are not necessarily those of kdow or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision insightful informative irreverent we're ready 1220 kdow presents rob black in your money
2: Welcome in. Monday, Monday. Down a little bit after a big week. Well, let's talk. Major indices moving a little bit lower this morning. Sundays at 6, I check in with the foreign markets to see how it's looking for the U.S., and it was slightly higher, so going a little bit slightly lower. Not a lot of change, but a little bit weight on us. Um, it may maybe that retracement in our brain back to that Friday unemployment report that showed twenty point five million jobs pushing us up to fourteen point seven percent unemployment rate. Steve Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary in the United States on Friday pretty deep into the day said that number 14.7, that could actually be about 25 already. I'm like, what, 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 (laughs) That would be pretty horrific. But we're certainly uh, a very weakened economy at this point in time. A lot of news this morning about, you know, typically, um, I would think we would read slightly positive. United Kingdom and other countries have plans to relax lockdown restrictions. A company called Quidel said it's been granted emergency authorization from the FDA to sell a point-of-care antigen test for the rapid detection of the coronavirus. I have not been tested yet, but I'm a little bit confused by who I can, when I can, when I do, why I do. A company called Quidel, ticker symbol Q-D-E-L, it's the first we've really heard of them. So if chasing coronavirus stories is your thing, and it could be, um, I started doing a little bit of work on Quidel. Um, There's a natural bit of conditioning at this point in time to attribute a little bit of weakness to the reopening of the economy too soon risk. Um, uh, to the risk of a second wave of coronavirus infections. there was I told you this weekend there would be a lot of stories about, like, did we do it too soon? Will millions die? There was a little bit of that. Um, oil. Saudi Arabia said it would aim to voluntarily cut its production further without providing any specifics. It's kind of vague, right? You're the world's biggest producer of oil. You can get more out of the ground faster than anyone else. You have the infrastructure for it. Oil's been problematic. And you go, yeah, we're going to – we'll probably cut. Yeah, we'll probably cut. Um, It's interesting because sometimes you could play the game of not thrones, but game of something just by talking yourself into that position. New York City's Mayor de Blasio says that a true reopening of New York might still be a few months away at a minimum. Um, maybe that's a little bit of the negativity today. I am starting to see more and more stories of sports that look like they're determined to go on. I don't know the legal issues. I don't know some of the other. Like I think the French open's like we're prepared to play without anyone in the stands. Okay are the players prepared to play without a day out of the stands? Does the money that exchanges hands change? Those are big issues. Um, so, but de Blasio is out there today saying, you know what? Uh, we're not going to be to where we want to. Then you also start getting some information out of South Korea. That suggests they're seeing, uh, South Korean and Germany, 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 they're seeing an increase in coronavirus cases as they've been reopening. So that's going to be in the news. It's, it's a little bit of a bummer. I hate to use that word because it reminds me of my childhood, but I don't think that goes away right now. Oh, um, big tech continues to do well. Uh, the NASDAQ's moving higher, the Dow's down 200, the SP 500 down 14. Um, Lots of ideas and lots of stories about how tech is going to play into our future um, at this point in time. It's a huge opportunity for tech to kind of do some of this monitoring and tracing and tracking of the coronavirus. Um, So you'll probably see more stories about that. One analyst, Jeremy Siegel. He says, the markets have put it at a low. Part of my job here is, is to get as much data for you to present in a friendly way that you can make some decisions about your retirement issues, your investment issues. Jeremy Siegel's not a stupid man. Um, you may not like him. You may go, oh, isn't he just kind of a PR mouthpiece for Wharton? Kind of. But he's also like a, a big prize-winning economist. So he's the Russell Palmer Professor of Finance at the Wharton School of uh, Business. And he's saying the market has put in the mark at the bottom lows in March. So do you go with that or is that just another one that says, okay, I feel a little bit better. I'd like to read what he says. I'd like to see his thinking on it. Uh, Friday's monthly jobs report on employment situation in the U.S. showed that 20.5 million jobs were eliminated last month, and unemployment rate hits 14.7%. The headline number was less worse than some estimates for 22 million versus 20.5 million. Siegel says the unprecedented support for the economy. Now we're getting to where we want to hear it. The unprecedented support for the economy. By the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government make it nearly impossible for the stock market to revert to its late March lows. So that's just one opinion. And again, don't get too caught up in it. But I like building thoughts and following people that – teaching you how to follow people that you like and you trust. I think uh, I should get some pretty good marks for the way we've come out of the, the March lows of not panicking. Overall, though, today, stocks are opening lower. Financials are lagging. There's a lack of buying conviction going on. There's some winners and some losers. Cardinal Health is a huge winner. They beat earning expectations. Tier Symbol CAH, obviously a healthcare provider. NVIDIA is up almost 2%. Nothing too fancy there, but Needham, which is a research company, upgraded the price target from two hundred seventy all the way up to three sixty. Seeing that it was already a three hundred dollar stock, a little bit late for the upgrade there, Needham, but we appreciate it. Marriott, big hotel provider, right? You know Marriott. Uh, they're down five percent. They missed earnings per share expectations. Revenue was a little bit better than they expected. Um, that's where I don't have a good feel for the overall economy. Is I don't. None of my friends are really staying in hotels, and like I'm not able to scan or even get any eyeball data. If you know what I'm talking about, Steve Mnuchin says he's comfortable spending three trillion because Treasury can lock in very low rates. There is some truth to that. Um, if our government's going to do a lot of stimulus, borrowing money when it's at one percent or lower is a great time to do it. Anyhow, it's Monday, Monday. Pick up the phone. Give me call 800-516-1220. It's 800 Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
1: Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing. Nike's taking things in the opening stores. We're seeing some companies that really kind of want to get out there and reopen and they'll gladly serve the market in large part Maybe they get some market share here. Maybe they just keep some cash flow going. But Nike is a brand that they're really trying to uh, protect. It has a rubric in place for how it plans to go about reopening its businesses and its locations. They've communicated that with Wall Street. They've been focusing on digital platforms and their workout apps in particular. Company's consumer and marketplace president, Heidi O'Neill, Is giving a lot of interviews right now as kind of good work when a company can't get out there and do a lot of good work when Nike's products should be being you know on display in baseball, in basketball, not so much in hockey, but a little bit. They have an e-commerce app called Nike Training Club, Nike Run Club, uh, sneakers. Uh, that's for the footwear fanatics who have to own the shoes that they have to make. And there was a big story over last week about the Jordan 1s, the very first pair, and how many millions they'd be worth. That makes me cringe, but it is what it is. Um, So Nike talks a lot about China right now, and Nike has to have a coronavirus playbook. Nike and Apple are probably... The two that have to really sneak around and like not say anything wrong. Remember last year, one NBA executive said something knocking the freedom in Taiwan? Telling China, like, hey, play along, guys. And as a – not a low-level executive. As a fairly low-level executive, though, um, a club-level kind of president, he got the NBA basically kicked out of China for a while. And that's before COVID, right? So brand management is something that's kind of fascinating to me. You know, when you have that uh, family member who always buys you a book for Christmas and you're like, I didn't read the last 10 books you bought me. For me, anything on marketing or branding, I I could read. If you give me something on Wall Street, I have no interest. I read some of the stuff, but I'm not looking for a, a a good historical perspective of the Great Depression. A uh, Federal Reserve member, Bullard, uh, said negative rates would be problematic in the United States. It's kind of what we're doing right now. We're talking about what's going to look like the next issue that we have to start dealing with on Wall Street. And negative interest rates is something that you can slash interest rates to make it to the point where the bank is losing money. And like you're like, whoa, and you're losing money to borrow money, but you have access to money. And you're like, no, this doesn't make any sense. I'm in a wormhole of confusion. It would be very, very bad for the United States essentially to say uh, our currency is not strong enough. I'm one of those stupid people that I think we as a nation used to be really regarded for our military and for kind of doing right worldwide. If there was a dictator that needed to be taken down or squeezed, we did it. Can't say we're there right now. So. Negative interest rates is something people are going to be talking about. Remember last week how some um, app companies did really well, Twilio and Bandwidth? Well, guess what? This week they're doing really well. Peloton's still marching ahead, getting another quarter mile up the road, so to speak, with the idea of um, <clears throat> what does psychology look like post-COVID lockdown? And I think a lot of people are going to be very slow for two reasons, to go back to the gym. number one. Um, it's filled with sweat and sweaty people, and people feel weird about that, speaking of viruses. And number two, I think it's expensive, especially in the Bay Area. Some gyms can run you easily four hundred and fifty five hundred dollars $500 a month. So uh, Peloton, I think, will have a little bit of life after COVID. So I'm okay with that stock. Uh, it's interesting because I probably liked it more at $30 a share than I did at uh, $20 a share because at 20, it was not really catching on, but that was pre-COVID. You get the ideas, I hope. So the Fed reserves out there today saying we are going to operate a little differently than Japan and Europe. It's interesting because I think it, the way every state responds to COVID, the way every country does it ever so slightly differently. Like Sweden went like full on, like let's let's. Let's just integrate. Let's do this. Let's get it. Um, Versus, you know, the hardness of the Chinese lockdown. It is interesting to see the way countries approach problems and states in particular. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. During these times when we're not working and the unemployment benefits um, are kind of stretched and kind of running out for you, you're going to see – In an election year, some crazy headline stories that, again, I kind of have a belief that they won't happen. But then again, I guess I should go into it full knowingly or knowingly full well that these are the kind of stories that America wants. Democratic senators are proposing a $2,000 monthly payment to most Americans. I don't know. Let's think about this for a second. How do you feel about that? What are the stipulations going to be? Do I have to give it back? Like suddenly, questions start going through your head. Oh, for the record, here's a a, a teeny tiny teeny tiny little fiddle to call, cry me a river. On the opposite side of two thousand dollars a month of free money from the government, being considered by Democrats, kind of as a, an electioneer thing to get young people out to vote for them. Old people don't want that. They don't want their old people want old people's money. Young people want the the new stuff. Um. <clears throat> But billionaire investor Paul Tudor Jones, he is optimistic that the United States is going to beat COVID-19, but he gave an interview this weekend that was just nothing short of awesome, where he cried. 65-year-old hedge fund manager said essentially that I want to be able to say to, in 20 years to my grandchildren when they ask me what did I do during the Second Depression, I would look them in the eyes – um and I want to tell them that I did more than I ever thought I could do. Um, he's really upset with the idea of another depression coming of if his his commentary tied into if our economy is in the same shape it is in today, but in a year, we're looking at the second great depression and he he doesn't want to do that to his kids. he doesn't want to show them. He wants to serve the world. But he started bawling. That was weird for me. I think when you're a billionaire, you live by different standards of you can't really cry about money. But maybe that that number will have to be changed to trillionaires. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Tesla was all over the news this weekend and on Friday. Essentially, you have a CEO who's mad at the state of California because they're not letting his Fremont plant open up efficiently and smoothly in his eyes, and he's a little pissed and he's threatened to move his company outside of California to Nevada or Utah or Arizona for a headquarters, which would be a lot more tax-friendly, and investors should be happy by that. California is not a job-friendly state. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
1: Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: You can take a look at Berkshire Hathaway stock and see what's wrong with the stock market. Or maybe the debate or the battle in the stock market. The dwarves or the elves have had... Battles that have gone on for hundreds of centuries. Wall Street has its own big battle that's gone on for hundreds of centuries, but long enough that it brings up a question for you. Warren Buffett is considered a value. His company is a Berkshire Hathaway, and it is a collection of companies that he bought because they're extremely cheap in his mind. That's I'm just boiling this down. Don't, don't say, well, he bought one company that was extremely cheap. He tries to go for price to book a company. It's <clears throat> very attractive. So his stock has never been this cheap on a valuation basis. And you can take a look at Apple as the opposite. Like you go, okay, Wall Street's really digging the growth stocks, the tech, big tech growth stocks, the Googles, the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Apples, um, the Nikes, you could say. Um, But Wall Street's not really saying, like, let's go jump into Union Pacific or a train company, something that Warren Buffett would dig. Like, yeah, I see a lot of value in that. There is something to be noted called a value trap where you look at a company and you go, wow, they look cheap based on historical standards. But there's something you may be missing. Maybe it's pending regulation that phases up their importance. Maybe it's – do you see where I'm going out with that? Maybe it's a slow dying business model or the margin compression that's been happening each year for the last ten years, and if you don't spot it, you just miss something material. so that's out there. eight hundred five one six, twelve twenty each calls in the air. Is Tesla leaving California it's I think I don't know if this is going to sound goofy or not when I say this, but I feel like everyone has an opinion on Tesla and Elon Musk and what he says and what he doesn't say in a company update called getting back to work tesla shelled out its plan to safely return 38 page playbook but the Alameda County where they incorporated uh, thinks otherwise and said the company you know will be massively out of compliance and musk is saying but the state of california is opening up and alameda said but we're not <laughs> It would be interesting at what the political pressure is to cave, because I think there, there's some conversation about that now. If you could talk to a neighbor that you're six foot friendly, social distancing level and you say something along the lines of, so what do you think about the economy opening up? You'll hear some people say, well, I, I think Disneyland's, you know, uh, next thing to open in California, they're, they're saying could be movie theaters. And you go, is Disney pushing that? Is Disney of like twisting the governor's arm and saying like, we won't pay taxes. We'll leave the state of California. We're going to twist your arm unless you do this for us. Um, people are starting to go there. But Tesla said that they're going to move their headquarter and future programs to Texas, Nevada immediately. If we even retain Fremont manufacturing activity at all, it will be t- depending on how Tesla is treated in the future. There's a little bit of tension, right? Again, it shows you Wall Street's fun because at times you do have to pay attention to politics. There is a crash between investing in Wall Street and the economy and the president and Congress. And legislation's huge. The oil companies were probably pleased as punch up until COVID hit because they had a president, Trump, who was like willing to say, well, you want to drill in? Kill the turtles, good Joe. kill the turtles we've got to have cheap oil more so than turtles i don 't really have an opinion on any of that it 's not i 'm not smart enough if that makes any sense. So is Tesla leaving California? I think the answer for the short term is no, but it is interesting to th- even think about corporations Tesla's considered a, a human being, but if you look at the IRS code. <clears throat> Um, we pay taxes, corporations pay taxes. We're both defined as living beings. So, where you decide to do business, and for instance, I have a friend who, why? Well, the, the, the example that I wanted to come up with, like, oh, at Christmas, this the families are getting together, and you've got a young cousin who comes up to you, and he's 23, 24 years old, and he just graduated from. Cal Davis or Cal State. I don't want to use like a Berkeley or Stanford because it's skewed. I'm like, I can't really give a Christmas gathering story, can I? Because that doesn't make sense to anyone anymore. But let's just say a young 25 year old wanders up to you. One of the pieces of advice I I would say is picking a city is going to be much, much more important than picking, you know, uh, where you're picking a city to start it is going to be much more than thinking about where you're going to end up. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, uh, to be honest with you. So I would recommend, like, for me, like, if I had kids right now who are, like, 18, I'd say, you can take a look at Denver. Denver's nice. Or you can come up with a city list of your own, but you kind of get this, right? Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. We're in the middle of the harshest downturn for American workers in history. And the numbers are, le- are going to get worse before they get better. President Donald Trump is being criticized for downplaying the virus, then responding months too late. The fault game's going around pretty aggressively right now. Andrew Cuomo on Friday announced that his state, 26,000 people have died, but it's finally ahead of the patchwork of the state, local and industry guidance on how to basically get out of this. And yet on Monday... New York City Mayor de Blasio kind of has some different ideas. That's one of the most messed up things that we're going through here. Doesn't it feel like that's the messed up thing where the state uh, legislators aren't on the same page with the state legislators who aren't on the same page with the state next to them or the federal government? And it's like, weird. Movie theaters around the world are closed. Studios are delaying the release of their blockbusters big fight going on right now between Universal Studios because they said, let's screw it. You know, Trolls World Tour, people are starved for entertainment. Let's put it on demand. And it's done very, very well. It's grossed over $200 million shattering the studio's most optimistic models. And again, a terrifying reality for theater chains. What's it going to look like in a year? And you're already starting to see people like Tesla say, like, we have different plans and uh, we got to get people back to work. And um, airlines and their capacity issues and the hotel cost, you're starting to hear more people talk about what's it going to look like. Will we ever go back to theaters? That's going to be a, will we ever And the theater industry is going to be like, Oh, it's such a great experience And Hollywood next year at the Academy Awards. will be like, Oh, we love sitting in theaters and eating popcorn together and having such a good time. You know, I'll be honest with you. I kind of like sitting home and watching a movie. And I wouldn't mind paying that 20 bucks to rent a movie when on the same day that it comes out at a movie theater. But I I would see more movies that way, that's for sure. Anyhow, um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. This is a story that got out there um, that I, I find interesting enough. It's tied towards uh, RV sales. They soar when... People are trying to vacation while social distancing. Camping, Camping World Holdings jumped 35% on Friday as we're starting to see, and you didn't know this, but you could invest in that in RVs. And as we're in the situation of, well, I'd like to go to Hawaii, but I can't get on a flight, so maybe I'll drive to Arizona or Texas or Florida. Um, but if I'm going to be driving, I kind of don't want to stay in hotels the whole way because they too have the So RVs are naturally having a play right now. And if that's not interesting to you, I, I, I kind of don't know what would be. I think that's pretty darn compelling to me. RVs do well at times when people want to hide. Um, So there's one company called Camping World Holdings. And one analyst is upping his price target to double on it. Now, that's the problem is that this was a stock that was considered weak, by financially weak. So we didn't like it three months ago. But now as consumers are shunning crowded places and crowded spaces, the idea of getting in an RV with a sugar booger or a loved one or a family member and sharing your time together that way is kind of attractive. So there's companies like Winnebago that you can invest in, Thor Industries, uh, LCI Industries, Patrick Industries. I, I don't know why all the RV companies in their companies with industries are outdoors, but you get the idea. Polaris, Johnson Outdoors, Brunswick. So there's all sorts of fun ways to skin the cat in the world of investing. Please don't skin the cat. That was a a bad way of saying it if you're going to do something stupid, to say the least um intel's out there too in the news now again i just talked about how rvs are kind of a, a story on investing if that's what you're looking for but Intel's in the news on worker safety worldwide i imagine this is going to be a lingering story of amazon and their workers intel and their workers apple and their workers who's testing positive who's not testing positive who has tests in place Again, the, the post-COVID world is starting to look like someone's going to take your thermometer, uh, your temperature reading before you go into a movie theater or a restaurant, um, at least. And again, this is what I keep hearing from neighbors. And this is the best part, right? Uh, when the neighbors throw something out there and they say, uh, "Well, until there's a, a, a golden goose egg, until there's a, a, a pure cure, a, a vaccination, until there's the holy grail vaccination." I'm not going anywhere. The psychological damage is kind of there. Again, 9-11 was bad when we saw planes go into buildings. But it was even worse that it took us 18 months to really trust the system in- internally again. That lingering damage. Ugh, it's bad. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial.
0: I used to know.
1: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: i Rob Black. This song always makes me smile. Um, This singer just stretching a word that I got no roots. Anyhow, I digress. Let's talk about Goldman Sachs. They said something pretty interesting. In um, an analyst note on jet fuel warnings, okay, we we kind of know jet fuels in the story. Right now, it's part of the big you know picture. Airplanes, uh, low price oil, airplanes not full. Although, APIX News has a breaking story: a plane was full going from New York to San Francisco. Is that social distancing being practiced? More at ten. Um. There was a plane that was full. Anyway, the COVID-19 pandemic has essentially meant that some countries have just shut down on flights. A lot of governments are imposing strict regulations on billions of people worldwide. Now, the public health crisis has led to extreme demand shock to the point that, like, hey, we have oil in boats. We're ready to deliver it to the um, storage facilities, and they can get the whole process of refining it through the pipelines going. Uh-uh. Too much of a, a breakage basically bringing travel worldwide to a standstill has crippled the oil industry. And the two are kind of interestingly tied, not at the umbilical cord, but something like that. You're going to see a good chunk of the jet demand that would have been associated with business travel. Just lose, lose ground. So Goldman has a thesis and they're not stupid. They have research teams. They're not aggressive. They're not in the business of trying to be extremely right or, you know, because you, in this industry, you can't be extremely wrong. It's one of the reasons Warren Buffett says, you know, someone asks him the question, What do you think about the stock market? He goes, Well, I think it goes up. I'm cautiously optimistic. That's the best answer because you're kind of relying on history to prove you're right, and history tends to do that coronavirus outbreak is going to have a lasting impact on the behavior of businesses across the globe. So Goldman Sachs started talking about this last week and they're putting together more of a, a, a pager, if you will, saying that confinement measures, and I've already talked to one CEO who's like, I'm never going to do business travel again. I can just do all my meetings on, on Skype and online. 4.1 million people have contact, uh, contracted COVID so far worldwide. Public health crisis has led to an extreme demand shock in the energy markets. Flying should be cheaper now than it has been a very, very long time. And still people are saying, you know, uh, we don't know how this is going to come back. We kind of assume people will want entertainment. We kind of assume people will want restaurants. We kind of assume like, but we don't know the demand on jets. And when do we get comfortable with flying? So Goldman Sachs has global oil demand. This is where it gets serious. They think it's going to fall 94 million barrels per day, blah, 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 blah. That probably doesn't mean much to you. By seeing that global oil demand is going to fall to 94 million barrels a day, down from 100 million barrels a day uh, the previous year, now that starts to give you some kind of idea. But they're saying the long-term business behavior, which is very profitable for airlines, it's very profitable for hotels. Uh, I think it could be psych- uh, psychologically damaged to the tune of a 55% decline in 2021 from the th- uh, levels at 2019. So they're seeing the recovery, sure, but they're not seeing it stick around long enough to get uh, to 2019 levels anytime soon. Oh, the fun stuff. Oh, the, the things we'll see. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Um, Joe Biden's going at Trump's economic disaster of a presidency. That's pretty, pretty, I'm not going to get into that one, but I think it's pretty convenient. But there's other things you could say. I did see. subtly. you're talking politics and I don't really like this, but taking aim at the economic disaster overseen by Trump is probably the fairest way of saying that go from last month's employment numbers to this month's and to know that it's going to get worse. It just, again, look at the calendar. I'm not trying to surprise you here when I say this. It's going to get very political, and you probably don't remember the markets moving as much as they did in 2016 leading up to Trump's presidency. He kind of came out of left field, and Wall Street at one point in time was freaked out from his lack of experience. Lack of experience? Sorry. Sorry. So Wall Street was freaked out by his lack of experience to suddenly like, oh my gosh, he's gonna slash, he's gonna make it very easy for businesses to do business. Again, political conversation I'm gonna stay out of. Mega cap tech stocks are doing well again today, leading the market higher. Amazon's up one point three percent, Apple's up seven tenths of one percent, Microsoft's hitting highs, alphabet's moving higher, Facebook's moving higher, and then you get kind of defensive in the stock market. I don't like narrow rallies. I kind of want to see the loser industrials and financials, like insurance companies, do well. If only my stocks are doing well, there's something wrong. If only my sectors are doing well, there's something wrong. It's a weird part about Wall Street. You kind of want to see the, the other people win too. Over time. for getting your calls on the air. If you have any questions, I know there's a lot on your mind right now. I'm trying my best to ease some of your thoughts. I think I did a good job of keeping you in the market in the last two months, three months, without getting too freaked out. I've seen this before. I haven't seen this one before, but I've seen this before. The NASDAQ is slightly higher, not by much. Uh, but after a couple weeks of roaring higher, uh, sideways isn't down. The SP 500 is down one half a percent. The Dow is down one percent, almost nine tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq's up one tenth of a percent. Um, oil sits at twenty five dollars a barrel. Crude's not doing anything. There's not a lot in the data today. Even the ten year Treasury's little changed. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. You can also find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of great downloads there. Check them out at newfocusfinancial.com.